Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined as always by the master of receipts, NYJ Matt. And Matt, the Jets are now on a three game losing streak. They've dropped three tough games in a row. The playoffs are not out of reach, but things have certainly gotten more difficult after the 20 to 17 loss to Detroit. Yeah, it's a nut up or shut up moment now in the final three games. Apologies in advance. I'm a little bit under the weather. I wasn't able to go to the game and probably a blessing that I didn't have to sit in the turnpike and and sit in traffic after that game. You have three games left for the rest of your lives. A magical season. And people are like, why are you calling it magical? Nobody thought they would be five and two and seven and four. And we have a million offensive linemen, three different quarterbacks, injuries all on the offense. But guess yep. what? We're we're still a good team that's playing well, and in a loaded conference. By in the a way. loaded conference, so it it is. Uh, we'll get into the game. It is a gut punch. You never want to lose back to back games, let alone three in a row. And Detroit came in, and I'll I'll be the first one to say it. The Jets did not earn the right to win that game. I I look back at the Vikings game and I say, damn, that's a game we earned the right to win. The yes. Bills game, no, and and Detroit was a better team on Sunday, but it. I mean, you're up. By four in the final four minutes, you you expect to win. Yeah, I, I thought the Lions beat the Jets on both lines. The off the Jets offensive line uh didn't play so well. You know, Zon, you know, ran for 43 yards, uh, some crucial sacks. I thought the defensive line was very disappointing as well. No Quinnen, uh, no sacks of Jared Goff. There was hardly any pressure. A couple plays the Jets forced to make completions with some pressure, but in general, you know, you just got to get you got to get more pressure. Even on that last fourth down play, the Jets are up 17-13 and and uh the tight end right goes for 50 yards and a touchdown to basically win the game for Detroit. You know, the Jets in a blitz, just not even close. There's no one there. Goff has time to throw. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to be wide open on that play and he was and couldn't make a tackle, but very frustrating. Like you said, I thought the Jets played really well in the Vikings and Bills games. Yep. Uh, I thought they played well enough to maybe win yesterday, but like you said, I don't think you don't come out of that game saying, "Man, you know, we let one really get away." It would have been more like you know, had a chance to win. Obviously, it's a really close game, um, but very frustrating. And it was I, it was a team loss, Mike. Every level you can look at and point to a problem that if one thing goes away, that the game can change. You you know, <clears throat> starting at quarterback, a lot of people are going to fight about it online. Um, I think it's simple. He he didn't play great. He didn't play atrocious. He played very meh. Didn't elevate the team. Made five big plays, five bonehead plays. Connor Rogers had it best on the his Bleacher Report podcast. He's like trying to win a game with Zach Wilson's like map quest, giving you five hundred different directions to go, and you have to pray that it works in the end. You just never have a smooth ride. And that's exactly yeah. what it felt like. So, Mike, take me through your opinion. We'll get to more about the, the quarterback itself. Yeah, I thought, you know, I, I think sometimes what happens when you, in a forum like Twitter, there's a lot of groupthink that goes on. So, you know, the, the opinion that has been most prevalent recently is that Zach Wilson is a bust and he's not good, et cetera. And I probably would tend to agree with that. We're, we're at the point... You know, I'd much rather have Mike White. I think that is uh, now common thought. But you have to be honest, game to game, 
I thought yesterday Zach was all right. You know, he had some really tough plays, and I was critical of him, you know, just missing open guys where it's just random shit. You know, guys open over the middle, he just throws mm-hmm. it five feet over his head, throws the ball on the floor. You have no idea if it's third and five. You want to throw a five-yard pass, maybe he'll make a beautiful throw. Maybe he'll throw it 150 miles per hour for no reason. But overall, I thought Wilson played okay. You know, he threw for over 300 yards. He made some big plays. He made some really nice throws down the field. He finally showcased some of the getting out of the pocket and making a play. And it helped the Jets on a number of occasions, including that fourth and 18. He had the play where he rolled out to the right and threw a bomb to Garrett Wilson. He did the BYU Pro Day throw where he rolled left and threw the touchdown to Uzama. So there were some good. Like you said, there were some bad. You know, I go on the train after the game and a lot of guys are like, that was the worst game I ever saw. I'm like, look, we have to be honest. I'm not a Zach guy either at this point in terms of who I, if, if I think he's really going to be the future quarterback of the franchise. But you can't say that was the worst game you ever saw when two weeks ago threw for 72 yards and the Jets had two yards of offense in the second half. It was technically good enough to win. The mm-hmm. Jets defense makes a stop fourth and one there. You win the game. Zerline makes a miracle kick where there's some better clock management probably goes to overtime so you know there's a lot of frustrating stuff but i don't think it was the worst game i ever saw do i want mike white back i would you know cut my arm off for him to play on thursday mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't the worst game ever and that's why we made our twitter accounts and we have this podcast is we don't just go along with the group think and we want to stand firm in our belief even that it was great my tweet of he didn't play good he didn't play bad it was very man he didn't elevate the team on a lot of people like a ton of people were like, what do you mean Zach played good? You're like a Zach hater. And the other half was like, what do you mean Zach played terrible? It means you're probably right. <laughs> Which means I'm probably end up being right. I would even play like, like even okay. I think he's like fine. Like it was very meh yeah, overall. Um, <clears throat> the interception, uh, brutal, like completely yeah. brutal. You brought it up. And the first thing I thought of too was the Detroit game in 2018 week one where Darnold threw the pick. But yeah, six. Uh, even the play to Carter, Carter made a great you know catch on it. Probably should have been another pick. Horrible, horrible throw. But some of the throws that stood out to me though, he missed guys that were wide open. Garrett Wilson over the middle twice. Yeah. Even uh, before in the first half, the Jets had a, were trying to get a field goal. It was like third and twenty-seven. He had Tyler Conklin for like a ten or twelve yard pass. You could have gotten the field goal range. I think it was in the first half. Threw it a thousand miles mm-hmm. per hour off his hand. Uh, the last drive right before the beautiful 4th and 18 play to Elijah Moore. He had Barrios streaking down the middle. Could have been a humongous play. Overthrew him. You know, screen passes again in the dirt for no reason. It's just not a professional, accurate quarterback. He's not accurate enough to be a starting quarterback in football. But at least today, uh, excuse me, yesterday, he did showcase some of the stuff that made him get drafted number two. Those electric, explosive plays. Yeah, I'll I'll be the one to say it though. I I don't want Zach Wilson as the starter in Week One of twenty twenty three. I don't. And I I think and this is the take we'll get to. We're gonna do a year end like three hour megapod, and the take that we brought up there is now Robert Sala. Even though we feel like he's a new coach and still that energy, he will be in year three, and Joe Douglas will be in year five. No playoff games to show for it potentially if they don't make it. If that happens. I think they're going to make a crazy move at quarterback. Like, I think they will totally make a trade and bring in a car. They would throw somehow if the Bravens let Lamar Jackson step out of Baltimore. Aaron Rodgers. I, Aaron Rodgers is my number one. I truly think that's going to happen, Mike, because Dude, look at please. look at teams like the Bears, or you have like the the Nagy Pace, and you have like a they 
they're too cute. They trade back. They like they trade up to take Justin Fields to save them for a year, right? Or whatever the, the the trades they can do. My point is they need to going to year three and five be very aggressive in whoever they get at quarterback. Because if the Jets fail to make the playoffs this year and next year you're two and five or things happen, it's over. It, it's year five and three. Things change a lot. And I don't want them to leave. I love them and we're showing a lot of progress this year. But that's why you need to be crazy aggressive, make a big move, and bring one of these quarterbacks in. But I know we're talking about Detroit, but just a, a thought that I keep having is they don't make the playoffs. It, it not, it's not a guarantee Mike White's the starting quarterback. Or, you might need to truly make an impact move and make a blockbuster deal. Yeah, and the Jets, Joe Douglas put the Jets in a position where they could do it. There's such roster flexibility. We've talked about it on the pod where the main needs for the Jets are all very insignificant positions in terms of value in the NFL. So you need maybe some safety help, some uh, an interior offensive lineman, like a center. McGovern is a free agent, middle linebacker. You know, these are some of the least valued positions in the sport. So if you want to go ahead and trade your first round pick, you can do it. Um, You know, especially with guys like Becton and AVT and Brees all coming back next year on top of all the other, uh, assets that you have to improve the team. So Aaron Rodgers is my pipe dream. You know, if you tell me right now, Mike White is the starting quarterback next year, I'm also happy just based on what I've seen. But again, it's only three games this year. We need to see more. Hopefully, he's he getting back. hurt though. He, the injury concerns a thing. He's been injury prone. Look, it's like every time he gets hit, there were some hits in the Vikings game too, where he's just on the floor. You're like, how is this dude not dead? So he is still technically alive. Yeah. We need him to come back at the end of this year. Now, Matt, the other thing that was kind of bothering me is everybody online is saying that the season's over. If the Jets win the last three games, there's a 98% chance they make the playoffs. And this team is good enough to win games. They've been in over this last stretch where, where they've lost what five out of six, mm-hmm. uh, five out of seven, whatever they are in every single game. They're all one score losses, 22 to 17 to the Patriots, 10, three to the Patriots, 27, 22 Vikings, and then 20 to 12 against the bills and 20 to 17, on Sunday, these are all winnable games. They're playing well. They haven't had a chance to click on all in all facets of the ball. Yep. You figure Zach can squeak out a win on Thursday, and you get Mike White back in, back mm-hmm. against the Seahawks. You have a really good chance to win the you know win those final three games and and go to the playoffs. I think the argument I'm not defending it. I guess I disagree with it in principle. But the argument people are trying to make is you just saw them lose to Detroit at home. What makes you think they can run the table in the final three? And to your point. They have the sample size earlier in the year that they can do that. Um, the reason why I will always be optimistic is it it's that gif of Ben Affleck in Batman vs Superman. Even if there's a one percent chance, you need to take it with the full utmost like respect. You have to keep going until you you're dead, and that's where it's, you need to keep fighting for wins. You need to keep rooting for this team, and when it all comes down, they're either going to get in or there will be a time where we know we're mathematically out, and at that moment. We will be sorry for ourselves, get pissed. Um, yeah, I get it too. But yeah. it's like if if there was a if the Jets won out and there's like a forty eight percent chance that they make the playoffs, I get it. You know, it's like grasping stuff. It's really if they win out, they're going to be in. So, come, like, and and this, it's not like the Jets have been getting blown out. It's not like they're playing like shit. They're playing tough teams who are also fighting for the playoffs, and they lost a couple close games in a row. All games they had a chance to win. So I'm I'm still optimistic. You know, if you told us, I think the actual percent chance they make the playoffs is like 25% because you still got to win those games. But if you told us in week 16, we'd have a 25% chance to make the playoffs, of course, we would have all taken it. 
every single Jeff fan would have taken it. So yeah, here we no, are. I, I completely agree. I agree. And there's one other storyline that wasn't talked about a lot, but I think it is, it is worth mentioning is, is Garrett Wilson. Another 498. Um, great performance by him. Uh, there was moments throughout, and I don't know if you could see in the stadium, after every missed ball over the middle, visibly upset, arms flailing, kind of annoyed. And at first, my take was going to be going to the pod. Yes, you're the best offensive weapon on the team, healthy right now. Um, him and Bruce can debate it next year. But at the end of the day, don't show up your quarterback. Like, I get it's annoying, but, like, don't do that. And then there's a clip of him after the game hugging Zach Wilson for, like, 10 seconds saying, I got you, bro. We're going to be better. And, like, like legit embracing, like, double arm hug. And I'm like, that's a good a good move by Garrett Wilson. So I think you're trying to avoid any of that pre Madonna like, wide receiver stuff. I think Garrett Wilson's a, a solid dude, and it was good to see him and Zach after the game link up and, and be cool. Yeah, his quotes were good. I saw the clips after, too. I know Charles Davis was saying on the broadcast, don't show up the quarterback. You don't want the quarterback to show you up. Don't show up the quarterback. That's always my belief. I hate when guys show each other up. Don't be a diva. We talked about this with Elijah Moore. This is I don't think that's the case here. Um, and, you know, Garrett Wilson is good enough where what do you want to? You have a billion targets. You have a ton of yards. You're setting all kind of, uh, kinds of records. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I hope the coaches went to him and said something because it's just unnecessary. You know, if he drops a ball, which is going to happen, you know, we don't need Mike White or Zach Wilson or whoever throwing their arms in the air and rolling their eyes. So it's it's just, you know, it's unnecessary. And I think the Jets have a good enough locker room where that stuff doesn't need to happen. Yep, agreed. Now to wrap up the offensive game, uh, running the ball 22 times for 50 yards, 2.3 yards per carry. Uh, Zonvin Knight was largely stuffed throughout the day. Um, Michael Carter. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what happens when, you know, the defense doesn't respect the quarterback and they have a billion guys in the box all day. There's nowhere to run. I don't yep. blame the Lions. Yep. No, I agree. And Michael Carter on the year, 3.6 yards per carry, a sophomore slump that you didn't expect going into the year, um, <clears throat> but really disappointing uh, 2022 campaign for him. Yeah, I'm happy Ozama got two touchdowns. Jeff Smith had a terrific game, very clutch four catches for 77 yards you know that's after Corey davis and mims go out so you know you see some of that wide receiver depth that the jets have yep and um, Herbig had six hurries allowed the best offensive lineman was lakin tomlinson only allowing one pressure uh so overall a disappointing day from not only the running game the offense uh disappointing at many times from the quarterback position and at the end of the day the receivers play well enough where i i you can't single anyone out denzel mims gets knocked out of the game yeah, um, the offense wasn't good enough. Look, the, the Lions are 31st in the league in points and yards on defense. You have to have a better day than that. You know, there's no reason that it should have been the opposite. It felt like the Lions were pressuring the Jets all day. Like you said, stopping the run. The Jets, I thought, got beat, like I said earlier in the show, got beat on both lines. And that's not the way you're going to win football games, especially the way the Jets are built, where the Jets have spent the second most money on their offensive line and the second and the most money on their defensive line in football. It's just not going to get it done. And they still had a chance to win. They do. They do. Now, defensively, the takeaways for me, at least one, you mentioned it, not getting enough of a pass rush Two, sauce Gardner. Again, the classic, like one target for seven yards versus uh, someone had, had him targeted one time. Other people had him reported as no targets throughout the entire game. Another lockdown. He's your defensive rookie of the year. Take it to the bank. Um, yeah, well I think I think DJ Reed played pretty well. Even the play that he got beat, that Goff underthrew to Jameson Williams, and he made a nice recovery. 
clear push off. Yeah, doesn't clear get, OPI. Doesn't, doesn't get called in the NFL. Uh, refereeing, there were a couple calls that went against the Jets. I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't tell in the two. The Lions had a touchdown reverse for a holding in the first half on a running play. I I don't. I couldn't tell if it was a good call or not. And then on the same drive, they got called for another holding. Which it was I the same guy up. twice. It was the same guy twice. The first one, yes, he had his arms around him. The second one was very ticky tack. I, I, I mean, I think it, one hand was outside the frame, but they were they were saying on the broadcast like it, it was kind of fifty fifty call. Uh, but the because I thought the intentional right. grounding against the Jets was terrible. It looked like there were a couple guys in the area, <clears throat> and then the Jets also uh, Jeff Smith probably got interfered with in the end zone, and Wilson delivered a good ball again. To be clear, for the thousandth time, I hate pass interference, and I don't think it should ever be called unless someone really, really is obstructed from catching the football. I don't know if I would have called that, but by the way that pass interference was called in the NFL, most likely should have been P.I., uh, and the Jets would have the ball on the one-yard line, but you know, it is what it is. I agree it should have been called. I think Jets fans are saying it's like the most automatic blatant call ever. I don't know about that. He's definitely being held yeah. a bit early, so obviously I want that call. The worst call in the entire game ended up not mattering, but Zach Wilson, QB sneak um, in the end zone, like clear as day in my opinion, elbow right next to the line, but you can't see where the ball is, and you call it a touchdown on the field. So how can you go back and take... If they didn't score on that drive, that's a huge, huge problem. Because, it looked like he was in in the stadium, but again, that's it's tough to... But if you look at the replay, people are like, oh, his elbow is short, but his elbow is like leaning towards the end zone, so the ball, the tip of the ball could clearly be in. And in no world can you call it a touchdown on the field and take it back. Jets end up scoring with Uzama the next play anyway. Um, last thing on the defense, I really felt like every time Jordan Whitehead got targeted, he, he, they had two separate two yards of separation. Every time, I feel like Jordan Whitehead, his guy, um, you know, had the catch because look at look at Detroit's like I, I would you have assumed that Amon Ross St. Brown had seven catches for seventy six yards? I don't remember that happening. Cleve Raymond obviously had five fifty three. They kept saying his name, but. Are those two like like DJ Reed didn't give that many catches? Sauce Gardner was not targeted once. Like a lot of it was on I felt on Whitehead's man or like Quincy Williams linebacker play, but it was just underwhelming to say the least. And I, Jordan Whitehead, at least from my vantage point, took the brunt of those. Yeah, and that was the that was the concern coming into the year on defense is the middle linebackers and the safeties, and they played well this year. The whole defense played really well, uh, but you saw it in the plays that you just mentioned and on the. <laughs> fourth down play the 50-yard touchdown it looked like it was either Mosley or Quincy Williams guy and nobody knew what the hell was going on you know when you let that you let stupid was it Brock Wright run for fucking 51 yards is disaster that was such a strange play I feel like the Jets were about to win the game you know and then you look up and you're like what in the fuck just happened the punt return was odd too the punt return was horrific coverage terrible punt again by man I know you're punting out of your own end zone uh, low line drive. He's had a very disappointing year. Even it though took us way too long to bring up that play. Not even touched. I get, it wasn't, dude. I, you could see in the same he was going to score. It was ridiculous. Like oh. when hits down, embarrassing. And, and that's two. What are, what are there three punt return touchdowns in football this year? And two of them are against the Jets in critical losses. Is very frustrating. That's correct. And the fourth and one you brought up. It's like that play. You can give up a first down. The game's not over. Detroit still needs a touchdown. You can't Jets sell out. I, well, I bet the odds are much in the Jets' favor at that point. The yep. Lions had to score a touchdown. You're up four. And then we got we had to talk about the clock management at the end of the game. To preface, I, I think that Robert Sala has been terrific clock management. Uh, some of my favorite things that he's done are uh, end of the Patriots game in the first half, 
gaining extra possessions, being very aggressive, using the timeouts. I like that he doesn't use his timeouts early, really save them for the end of the game. Obviously, the Jets ended the game with two timeouts, which is frustrating. We know why. I mean, they explained after the game, and I thought the same thing. The So there's, what, 53 seconds left in the Jets' complete a pass on second and 10 to Garrett Wilson for 10 yards. They get a first down. It didn't look like he got the first down in my opinion. And that's why the Jets said they didn't use the timeout. So they ran to the line. I get it. You know, it would have been third and inches. You probably should burn one regardless, even if they want to reverse that. Ah, But I get it. You know, at least there's an explanation. It's not like fucking Todd Bowles just punting down two scores for no reason. Ah. It was and it was the wrong that. call, but yeah. I I got it, and that's like, the end yeah. of the day. It is what it is, and they still got a kickoff. You know, if you don't get the kickoff at the end of the game, then then it's you know way more frustrating. But you know, Zach also takes a sack. Can't take a sack there. Yeah, it, it was brutal. And then of course, I mean, Greg the Light's been so good all year. Uh, you, you'd hope he could maybe save us there, but um, doesn't get it done. I thought it was going to go in. Yeah, I yeah. did too. I didn't look. I couldn't watch. No, I have a, I have a great. I don't know. If this is a real stat. It was targeted <laughs> players that played a full game on that corner and have not been targeted. Um, it's Gardner, Richard Sherman, um, and then Quincy Wilson for the Steelers. That's not our Quincy Wilson, is it? It could be. What year? 2017. No, he was in the so. Colts then. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, so we 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 went through the game. We know what didn't go well. We know what little did go well. Thursday night prime time against the guy that was picked over you. Oh, here's the other thing that's bothering me. People keep talking about Trevor Lawrence, the one pick, and how the Jets had to win and all. Jacksonville won the first game. They lost 15 straight. Yeah. They had the tiebreaker. We also didn't just beat the Bra- the Rams and Brady may make a tackle. We also beat the Browns. We also should have lost to the Raiders. Or I'm sorry, we should have beat the Raiders on the final play. We should have beat the Patriots on Monday Night Football. This revisionist history that we were so close for Trevor Lawrence is not accurate. I get we were 0-13, but people are so over overdone with it. You can't ask the players to lose. You can't ask the coach to lose. You know, they won. And the day. Enough to go. Lose. Two and fourteen. If you go two and fourteen and you don't get the first pick, I did. What are you gonna do? Tip your cap. Even if we went one and fifteen, we wouldn't have gotten it. That's what people like the Rams games. And uh, yeah, all right. If they go one and fifteen, then the Rams games it. But then also, guess what? For your entire life, you're an own sixteen franchise. There's not many of them. There's one of them, right? One. So you, are you gonna be? Are you gonna be known that? All right. And then guess what? All those same people were clowning Trevor Lawrence in Week Five this year. So I'm tired of it. Don't don't keep looking back on it. You have to move on. I get it. Right. it sucks. The Monday morning quarterback stuff is so obnoxious. Right. And then there's all the Trevor Lawrence slander. Now he's played great the last couple of weeks. Oh, I wish we had Trevor. Fuck him. Let's beat his ass. We have our own guy. We have Mike White that we like. So Agreed. I wish he was playing Thursday, but the Jets have to figure out a way to win this game. The Jaguars won a crazy wild game last week. You know, they're due to come back to earth a little bit. Hopefully, you know, hopefully Quinnen is able to play. That That's a massive concern as well because, you know, I was tweeting it out. I said Quinnen should win defensive player of the year based on the way the defense looked on Sunday. And then, again, we have to take it away. The defense only let up one touchdown on Sunday. It's not like they played horrible. 
but it wasn't the dominance we're accustomed to seeing. Yep, I agree. So we're uh, barring I feel better. I'm, I'm very excited for the game Thursday night. Oh yeah, I'll be there. Can't fucking wait. <clears throat> Definitely gonna be there. The last home game. Um, I think the Jets are gonna win. Fuck the Jaguars. You know, it's 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 showtime. It's crunch time. This team is good enough to be in the playoffs. Positive point differential. A lot of close losses. A lot of really good wins. You know, and it's it's put up or shut up. And I think they're gonna. You know, this team has really good chemistry. They they are good football IQ. They understand the importance of these big games. I think the Jets are going to come out and beat the Jaguars' ass on Thursday. Fuck them. Yeah, and it's kind of annoying that we're in a Saturday week, right? A lot of games are Saturday on Christmas Eve. And almost every game is Christmas Eve on Saturday. And the games that we care about, Packers-Dolphins takes place on the... 25th on Christmas and then the Chargers Colts um, is on the Monday night so some of the games that we truly need are on Sunday and Monday but we do the Patriots Bengals at 1 o'clock on Saturday that we can openly root against the Bengals and if they win we control our own destiny given a win rooting, on Thursday rooting against the Patriots you mean. yes yes and I think I, I think I literally have the flu because I my brain is not working <laughs> the um, yeah look honestly the game tonight we're recording this on Monday you need the Packers to win tonight so that they have motivation to keep winning as they play the Dolphins next week. So, yeah, a relatively decently big game for us tonight. Hopefully the Packers win. And then if the Packers beat the Dolphins and the Bengals beat the Patriots, the Jets are in business. You know, got to take care of your business. But that's why the Jets have a 98% chance to make it if they go 3-0. and Look at 2009. The Jets were 7-7, seven and seven, made the playoffs. And mm-hmm. the Jets were actually four and six in two thousand and nine, and won five out of six to make it. Uh, the Jets in two thousand and six were seven and seven. Uh, excuse me, seven and six and won the last three. Two thousand two, they were seven and seven, won the last two, made the playoffs. Two thousand one, they were seven and six and won the last. Uh, or they were seven and five, won three out of four. So like these things happen, and good teams, you know, at the end of the year come together. And think about two thousand and two. We were we were talking about this because we were we rewatched the the wild card playoff game in 2002 where the Jets beat the Colts 41, nothing. Mm-hmm. And the announcers are talking about the Jets future. And it's super cool. It's like Chad Pennington could be this, you know, terrific quarterback. And the Jets are really coming together at the right time because they killed the Packers week 17 to make the playoffs. And that was a good Packers team as well. What if, you know, the Jets string out three wins in a row to end this season, you know, think about the the way that the narrative is going to change from this point to that point. The Jets are 10 and 7. They'll be firing on all cylinders. They'll be ready to go into the playoffs. Nobody's going to want to play them. Mike White will come back. It it just, these things happen. The Jets have a really good chance, and it's frustrating to see people give up uh, at this point. If they lose again, I get it. But, you know, you have actually a very solid chance to have a terrific end to the season. We do. It's all lining up. We can get it done. If it goes well, it'll be... One of the magical seasons ever. If it doesn't, we have a building block to move into the next year, and I think there'll be an aggressive offseason. So stay positive. We have life. Mike, anything else before we wrap up? No, like I said, I think the Jets are going to win Thursday. They're going to shock some people. And then you're in a great spot. You're facing your your new quarterback coming back. You're all pro defensive linemen coming back. So, I mean, 
Thursday is, is just such a critical game for so many reasons. I think the Jets are going to come out on top this time where they've fallen a little bit short the last couple of weeks. All right. I like it. Completely agree. Mike, I think you've had the flu and COVID on several podcasts. I hope <laughs> I hope I, I brought something today. I you feel brought terrible. Fucking, dude, you brought it. You brought Did it 100% I? of your game. Feel better. You got to be there on Thursday. Happy Hanukkah. You, don't, you can't go to a game for how long then? Fucking 10 months? Yeah, be a while. Happy Hanukkah. What does that translate to? I have no idea. This is part of the Hanukkah prayer. Did you see the guy on Twitter when I said happy Hanukkah? Have a day. And he said, uh, have eight of them. <laughs> Good reply. Don't let Kanye see it. All right, buddy. It was great talking to you. We'll be back. I'll hopefully upload this one on time. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> it's going to be like Thursday. I'm going to remember. <laughs> All right, buddy. Peace.